0: Well, you've heard that before, but there's a lot more to the Newman family than just Alfred. And here are some samples. We yeah, are slow. Well hello again. I've been working on a book. finally finished it. The Junction Trilogy which I'll talk about a little bit probably the end of the program and just getting back to the second part of the movie film music series and this one I could call The Magnificent Seven. It's about the Newman family that is Alfred Newman and his offspring and there are six six composers there might be somebody else but those are the ones listed in uh, imdb it's an incredible family it's like a talent just drifted over alfred newman and all of his offspring and all of it for film music and television productions it's an amazing variety amazingly good the, the variety part as you heard in the opening selections i had a uh, seven selections from one from each composer an opening with the 20th century fox theme why did I do that? Because Alfred Newman wrote it. I was going to do uh, a straight chronology of film composers from the uh, silent days with the, with the music that, that was put on the silent films after by people like Robert Israel and Carl Davis and Carmen Coppola, who is uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's father. But then I realized I don't know that much about the history of film music. I'm only a humble listener and a podcaster. So uh, I wanted to do this first. Maybe later I'll do that. I will do composers in pairs or triplets per program. And for that, I'll start back in the 30s with people uh, like Alfred Newman and uh, Bernard Herrmann and uh, work up from there. All these guys, you have like three per program to try to keep the programs shorter so people will actually listen to them. (laughs) I hope you are listening. But, you know, I mean, an hour is a long time to just sit in front of your sewing board or you're working in your car or listening to the you know the programs so i'll try to keep it shorter with a goal of 30 minutes it might creep up to 45 but i'm not going to make it an hour long whoops i forgot one more newman maria newman a very serious classical music composer i listen you can find her stuff on amazon just look i mean on uh, on amazon digital music and you'll find all kinds of things by her very as i said very serious classical music This is from uh, IMDb. She was born into one of the most influential and famous musical families in Hollywood. She is the youngest daughter of nine-time Academy Award-winning film composer Alfred Newman. And Alfred Newman was born in 1900, and Maria was born in 1962. So Alfred had uh, quite a life there, right? Anyway, I, I had to read that over two or three times to make sure the dates were right and yeah he had a daughter when he was 62 years old evidently now for the relationships of the alfred newman family it took me 15 minutes to figure this out from wikipedia the the family relationships i'm an only child so it's just like alien territory for me but what it looks like is this and if i'm wrong please send me an email and correct me alfred was the eldest of 10 children He was born in 1900, and his parents had just recently migrated from Russia. Two of his brothers who became composers, famous composers, are Lionel Newman and Emil Newman. Three of Alfred's children became composers, David, Thomas, and Maria. Randy Newman is the son of Irving Newman, one of the Newman family children along with Alfred and... uh, thomas and maria joey newman is a grandson of lionel i don't know the connection as far as his father goes but he's grandson of lionel so there you have it folks if you want to write that down the family as a whole are jewish and early poverty and the need for money and a very strong work ethic developed in the family and gave rise to what we're listening to in this program. I'm gonna spend a little time in Alfred Newman because he's such a giant. He's uh, in the 30s and 40s, he was considered the premier composer, not necessarily the best composer, but the premier composer who was head of Fox Studios uh, musical department. So this is from uh, the All Music website. Alfred Newman was for much of his career the most influential and respected composer and music director at Hollywood. He had 44 Oscar nominations and nine Academy Awards, which are both records that will probably never be broken. By the age of eight, he was known locally as a piano prodigy and he worked his way up from vaudeville and the orchestra pits of Broadway theaters and eventually became an established conductor and arranger known and respected by all the best composers, uh, including Irving Berlin, when Erling Berlin was brought to Hollywood at the dawn of the sound era, he arranged for Newman to come with him. There he was taken on by movie, movie mogul Samuel Goldwyn and United Artists and established himself as one of the movie capitals, two undisputed masters of music, along with Max Steiner. And pretty soon he started working for 20th Century Fox. He spent the 30s scoring some of the most prestigious movies of the decade, including Street Scene, and Prisoner of Zenda, Gunga Dan, Young Mr. Lincoln, and many others. Even when he wasn't working on a particular movie, he was often approached by studio production heads in need of advice when the scoring of a movie ran into trouble. Following his installation as Fox's movie director, in 1940, he uh, worked on How Green Is My Valley, Heaven Can Wait, A Song of Bernadette, Razor's Edge, Captains from Castile, The Robe, and Love is a Many Splintered Thing. In 59, he left Fox for a career as an independent artist. In 1961, he conducted the Oscar-nominated score for Flower Drum Song. Okay, this next part is the uh, author's opinion here, so I agree with some of it, but not all of it. Ironically, for all his accumulated honors, Newman remains viewed as a far greater arranger and conductor than composer. He could assimilate folk tunes, as, or pseudo-folk tunes, as in How Green Is My Valley, or how the West was one and transform them into orchestral choral works of tremendous power and take a good original melody or two and turn them into something haunting and memorable, as in the razor's edge or the robe. His compositions, however, lacked the boldness or adventurousness of Bernard Herrmann or Nicholas Rose's most inspired work. His music was tonal and accessible music that didn't demand too much of the viewer but it was the palatable nature of Newman's music coupled with his diplomatic skills that helped him to achieve success. His scores were accessible without being trite, original in execution as film music without being jarring or troubling, and his affable nature, in contrast with the volatile, neurotic Bernard Herrmann or the seemingly aloof Nicholas Rosa, made him a favorite of studio executives and all of that made his word about music the law in hollywood for close to 30 years and he died in 1970 and his final soundtrack for george Seaton's mega hit airport became the last of newman's 44 oscar nominations airport god what a way to go out anyway that's a summary of his uh, a very brief summary of his work so let's hear some of his stuff and we're going to start out with his first score It's from a 1931 movie called Street Scene. And the thing about Street Scene is, first off, you should, if you watch a lot of old movies, which I hope you do, otherwise, while you're listening to this stuff, uh, you'll, you'll have heard this theme in other movies. It was used in Cry of the City, Kiss of Death, I Wake Up Screaming, Where the Sidewalk Ends, The Dark Corner, Gentleman's Agreement, and in the overture to How to Marry a Millionaire. I mean, I, I watch, I'll be watching a movie like, um, let's see, Where the Sidewalk Ends, and I'll, I'll hear this theme, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's from Street Scene, what's it doing here? So I assume that they're from the same studio as Street Scene, and let's hear that. recognize it probably you do even if you don't watch that many movies I mean it's been used all over the place um, that music to me oozes the mood the the attitude the whole New York City scene in the 1930s was I there then <laughs> of course not but from movies and what I've read about New York and so forth and again that was street scene from 1931 the music by Alfred Newman his first score as usual I'm I have to edit what you're listening to—that is the choices. I mean, Newman wrote dozens of musical scores. Uh, here's another one I chose because it's—I think it, it might be familiar to you. It's uh, the uh, kind of the victory march from *Captain from Castile*, about the um, Spanish going into Mexico and uh, giving the uh, native syphilis, smallpox, and uh, basically wiping out the indigenous Indian population. Isn't that romantic? But the movie didn't portray it that way, of course. Uh, Tyrone Power and Cesar Romero marched across, smiling, and the music was like, aren't we cool? tell you, every time I hear that music, it makes me want to just get out of my chair and go out and, and subjugate inferior populations. <laughs> anyway, it's great music, and uh, the music, the, the movie was good too. My favorite stuff by Newman uh, is the what you might call the pretty stuff, the kind of laid-back, uh, beautiful stuff. And This is from uh, All About Eve. It's the only film in Oscar history to receive four female acting nominations. Betty Davis and Ann Baxter as Best Actress, uh, Celeste Holman and Thelma Ritter as Best Supporting Actress, and some consider it to be the greatest movie of all time. And it was one of the first 50 films selected for preservation and the U.S. Library of Congress National Film Registry, and so forth. First, I'll play the theme from All About Eve, and then uh, one section of it, a little section, uh, which is actually by W.C., which is played in about the middle of the movie. That to me is about as good as Alfred Newman gets, uh, which is pretty good. It backs up the mood of the music beautifully, and uh, there's a couple little themes in there which are really cool. Right in the middle of the movie, Celeste Holm and I think Gary Merrill are out in the. They're stopped in the snow. I can't remember why they run out of gas or something. It's it's middle of the night, early in the evening. The moon's out, and the countryside is covered with snow. <laughs> with the moonlight reflecting off it. It's like a a capital R romantic. I, I really love that part. And behind it, they have a conversation in the car. And this is played... Beau Soir, B-E-A-U-S-O-I-R, by WC. That's one of the most beautiful little things I ever heard. And it fits right into the mood of the uh, the night and the whole whole lighting, and the, the low-key conversation and so forth. Okay, that's uh, what I have to say about Alfred Newman. I only left out 98% of what you could know about him. Uh, Check out Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime Digital Music and look him up, Alfred Newman. Just catch the flavor of some of his stuff. There there are collections of his music on there. I'm going to move on to his brother, Lionel. And uh, I'm familiar with Lionel Newman from, actually from television. There used to be a show on called Hong Kong with Rod Taylor, but very, very early 60s. Great music. And uh, he did something else that you might be familiar with. thought so <laughs> let's see how old would you have to be i watched this in the uh, late very early 60s it's adventures in paradise of course with the gardener mckay starring as adam troy it'd be pretty old i guess well anyway i watched it i never missed it i think it was on monday night and uh, the theme music just knocked me out i didn't know anything about lionel newman or any newman Here's some uh, stuff from the net about Lionel Newman, who worked almost exclusively for television. He migrated to Hollywood in his teens and worked as a piano accompanist for Mae West. He joined 20th Century Fox as a rehearsal pianist and by 59 had been promoted to musical director director for television. He was soon made vice president in charge of music for television and features before promotion to senior vice president of all music for 20th Century Fox. His tenure there lasted 46 years, during which he composed for TV shows, including The Many Loves of Bilby Gillis, Adventures in, uh, Adventures in Paradise, Daniel Boone, Boys to the Bottom of the Sea, Batman, The Time Tunnel, The Green Hornet, Lost in Space, Land of the Giants, Bracken's World, MASH, The New Perry Mason, The TV, Planet of the Apes. That's enough of that. He also supervised the musical soundtracks for a number of, of the Planet of the Apes films. He was uncredited. His over 200 film credits include Roadhouse, Mr. Belvedere, Gorilla at Large, uh, The Sound and the Fury, Young Lions, uh, Cleopatra, and The Sand Pebbles, and Dr. Doodle. Marilyn Monroe requested that Newman be the musical director for all of her films at Fox, including Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, and There's No Business Like Show Business. He was nominated for an Academy Award 11 times, starting in '39, including for Let's Make Love jointly with Earl Hagen and for Dr. Doolittle before finally winning for Hello Dolly! in 1969. Okay, earlier I played the uh, Adventures in Paradise theme, and the reason this is significant, this is a a little uh, factoid that I discovered. Uh, Lionel Newman wrote the music for Adventures in Paradise, the TV show. Emil Newman wrote the music for Island in the Sky, and... Island in the Sky came out in 1953 and Adventures in Paradise in the late 50s. They're brothers. Okay, this is from the movie from 1953. It shows up in two places. The first one is in a uh, a nightclub or officer's club on the base and the guy's talking on the telephone. I've amplified the music and reduced his conversation. What was his last possession? Well, find out. They might find out how much fuel he has, too. I'll, look. I'll get the second time the theme shows up is in an airplane, and James Ernest is flying it and uh, he just discovers that the guys they're looking for who were, went down John Wayne on his plane in this remote section of northern Canada in the middle of winter when it's like 70 below. He finds, they get a message from him, and he's really happy, and he's sitting there smiling away and, and singing. Blue waters tell me that she's still standing. da 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 de, de, da da, da I really get a kick out of finding stuff like that because uh, it's, it's not mentioned any place. It's interesting that I guess what happened was Lionel and his brother were of course very close and he got the idea. I said, "Hey, I can I can use that theme. So Adventures in Paradise and that was born, but it came out in 1953 instead of 1959. And we're at 33 minutes and uh, it looks like I'm going to stop the show here and not worry about the other, a couple other composers. So this will be part one of two parts of part two of the uh, film music uh, series. That said, I'm going to uh, push my book. I I redid, revised, rewrote a lot of it, organized it, put in chapter titles, and the story makes sense in Junction, the Junction Trilogy, because I had originally had three short stories, and I said, oh, this is long enough for a little novel. So I pushed them together, I put them online, and it was just a complete mess, and I apologize for that. I just went, so, Wow. I wrote something. I stick it up on Amazon, but it was really awful. So I spent the last couple months revising, and I proofread it four times uh, with uh, my friend Sandy. So uh, it's in, it's pretty good shape. It's a nice little story. It's it's like I guess mediocre novel. Okay, it's all sci-fi. If you don't like sci-fi, forget it. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff in it. So it's on uh, Amazon.com. You can search on the Junction Trilogy, Michael Carter. And it will pop up with a really pretty cover picture in color. Okay? I'm going to leave you with a preview of uh, part two of part two. Uh, next time. Uh, with a theme from uh, one of Alfred Newman's sons, Thomas Newman, who's one of my two favorite composers right now. The other one being, uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer. And Thomas Newman's style is nothing zero like his father's. or it's, uh, Actually, it's not like anybody's and uh, he does a he's a very very talented guy I'm going to leave you with a, a theme that's played actually played on the classical station on Pandora that I listened to it's beautiful it's about three minutes long it's referred to generally as the plastic bag theme or the plastic bag you know section and this kid is videotaped in American Beauty it's from American Beauty Kevin Spacey he's videotaped this bag this plastic bag floating around gently in the at the intersection of these two walls. And before I play it, let me say thanks for listening, and I'll see you, hopefully, now that the book is done, uh, within a week, and do the second section of Part 2 of Movie Music. Give me a comment, if you're not too busy, at gcarter1mwc at gmail.com, and tell me what you think and what you want, and what's screwed up about the program, besides the fact that I talk too much.